Hi there, Guten Morgen. Let's see what other cool documentaries there are. Trump spotted attacking woman in Marilardo dining room. Okay, this video is for a lot of you who missed what just happened on the news okay. last week. Okay, this video. So, folks, one thing... Oops. Shit. If you've been affected by the price of everything going up, then <sighs> you need to see this. The government is giving up to $17,000 per year in benefits to mm. anyone who isn't on Medicaid to pay for all kinds of day-to-day -day health expenses. <sighs> During the last stimulus, to seventeen thousand dollars per year in benefits to anyone who isn't Marlardo. So, folks, one thing that continues to baffle me, and when I say this, you're probably going to say to yourself, "How are you so foolish? Why does anything shock you at this point?" <laughs> but I still sometimes get a little bit, you know, shaken by the fact that all of these organizations and companies and people, in some cases, seem to be willing to bend over backwards and forgive old Donnie and give him another chance, despite <laughs> the fact that whenever you do so, he absolutely flips out further and proves exactly why no one trusted him in the first place. And that's what's happening right now. And it culminates in a couple different ways. It starts, really, with Donald Trump being yeah. welcomed back onto the biggest social media platforms in the world, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, you know, and that he's, maybe whether he'll go back individually or it's just his campaign, how this is a big moment for him. Even though it could backfire, it's a sign that he's being given this second, really not even second, given this like 72nd chance to not be an a-hole. But it culminates in the fact that much like what he does on these platforms, Donald Trump flew into a racist attack a personal racist attack against an Asian woman down at Mar-a-Lago in a revolting way that only is really seen by mm. people like Donald Trump. We have to start on social media. We have to understand that this is a guy that's being given the keys back to massive accounts which he's used to spread hate and violence and disinformation. This first part, at least, shows why he wants it above all. What are these new guardrails that Facebook has put in place? You know, they basically amount to the idea that because he has been a bad actor in the past, if he does it again, then he will be suspended mm -hmm. again. It sort of boils down to that. They say that he'll basically be mm -hmm. here with another two-year suspension. You know, I've been spending today basically going back through some of the things he's been saying on his social platform, Truth Social, ever since he was kicked off of Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, according to these mm -hmm. policies that they say they're going to be following for him going forward, I mean, the Truth Social posts, right, are, are absolutely in violation of that already he is openly re-truthing or whatever the verb is uh you know people talking about QAnon and people posting made up uh you know conspiracy theories about this that and the other he reposted somebody who had in fact put it up a, a manipulated uh post mm -hmm. in the voice and face of his own daughter i mean this guy as kara says is always going to cause trouble whether he's doing it on purpose or kind of bumbling into it i don't know but he's definitely in violation of these new rules on his own social mm -hmm. platform so i think kara's absolutely right that the, this is not 
if he's going to compete, you know, do something wrong here. It is undoubtedly a win. And then what are they going to do at that point? Slap him again, you know, uh, another two years? Not sure yet, you know, but uh, it, it is. it definitely seems that uh, the past is a good predictor of the future here. Retruthing, also known as lying. So, Kara, what is to become of Trump's beloved Truth Social and all the financial Nine. backers who helped build this thing because they thought this was yeah. going to be the far-right Shangri-La led by Trump himself? Yeah, what a great business that's been. You know, mm. I don't know what to say. I've never thought, you You know, I've talked about this. It's kind of ridiculous. These A lot of these businesses are ridiculous. You know, the good ones are seeing problems and having problems around advertising and, and usage, et cetera. Um, and so, I, you know, it's just, a, I don't know what to say about True Social. I think it's just... It, it's going to have troubles, let's just say, especially if he moves off of it. Um, you know, these 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 individualized, specific uh, sites, whether it's that or whatever, just don't seem to work. There's not enough people and there's not enough yelling. And even even things like, you know, what's going to happen here with with Facebook is what's happening on on um, on Twitter right now, where you have Elon Musk today in just like less than 24 hours led on Nick Fuentes, a, a very controversial white supremacist figure. And then he kicked him off in the same day and so this is it's going to feel like groundhog day over and over again for these companies but, and that's the last thing they can afford to do but cara elon musk's move with with mm -hmm. with nick fuentes is straight out of mm -hmm. trump's playbook just create yeah. noise just create conflict just well, create yeah. drama so you're the yeah. news story that's what he does and yeah. that's, that's what trump does yeah, he seems to like attention. Yeah, that seems to be a thing. And the, so does Trump, and that's what he's going to do here. And so we'll see what happens. But at, at the heart of it for him, it's fundraising, and that's it's a really good place to raise money and to sort of find people. Um, and that's what he's done. He did a great job in the last, last election. You can say whatever you want, but the, he really, his campaign used Facebook really well compared to a lot of campaigns. And so uh, that's, what's, that's what he's going to do again. Is so, yes, this is about ego. And yes, this is about access to info and, and shaping information, but it's really about money. Because even if we believe Trump, and I don't necessarily believe him, that he's going to continue to only post personal messages on True Social. Like his campaign, official campaign material will be posted on the other social medias, but his own, like, you know, you know Twitter type stream of consciousness that he used to have on Twitter and only Twitter will be only on True Social. And Twitter, Facebook, Instagram will be for more formal stuff. Even if that's the case, he does benefit from this. Facebook and Instagram are giving Donald Trump access, likely to hundreds of millions of dollars, over the course of a potential multi-year campaign. Because you drive a lot of donations through links on Facebook. Yeah, Trump has his emails uh, that he sends out to his big donor list. But, you know, one of the most effective ways to get donations in politics is through Facebook links. And Donald Trump can't do that right now because he doesn't have any accounts, neither a personal account nor a campaign account because he's been banned up until now where that is being reversed. And this is going to allow him, whether he's posting stuff directly or not, whether it's just his campaign doing it, but they're going to be marching uh, to his beat to spread absolute racist and hateful and anti-scientific bile about every aspect of American politics. He's going to be allowed to pollute the discourse just like he did in the final days of his presidency. And I'm not exaggerating, him being on these social media platforms literally killed people. Like, literally. Like, it's not an exaggeration. If he was not on social media, J6 probably doesn't happen. If he's not on social media, 
way less people get hit with the disinfo that he was spreading around the pandemic and all of that. You know, this is a decision that's going to cost lives, but it's not necessarily beneficial for Trump and it could backfire on him. And it leads directly into what he's been doing to this Asian woman down at Mar-a-Lago in a disgusting fashion. I appreciate Nick Clegg's confidence that the threat has receded. There's not a whole lot of evidence of that uh, just yet. Yeah. Reminds me of Paul Ryan saying a couple of weeks ago, I can't imagine Donald Trump getting our nomination. Most of us can imagine all of these things. Yeah, I guess there's no threat to democracy. We can all just go home now. Um, yeah, the, the threat has passed. It's disturbing because it really... Um, makes you kind of wonder whether this approach was thoughtful or simply uh, reactive, wanting to get back in the social media business of having someone who has relevance in American society posting on your platform. And this is really, you know, ultimately these social media platforms don't, uh, they're just not held to the same standards that news organizations are. And that is the central conflict, that is the central tension. I don't think that has gone away. I, I continue to believe um, I have a lot of concerns about that. And, you know, look, Donald Trump's reaction was to mock them anyway. So the business decision here has to be questioned as well. But the threat hasn't gone away. The threats to democracy are real. Donald Trump has not been held accountable yet. Um, and we continue to see political violence unfold. So I think they're going to have their hands full. Um, and we have to keep a close eye. Georgia remains to be seen if the president will accept the invitation back. He was let back on Twitter. I don't think he's has he been back on Twitter at all. He hasn't posted on Twitter at all. Um, we'll see if he goes back there. But of course, we know now, thanks to all the reporting that's been done, all we've heard from the January 6th select committee, that Facebook in particular was a gathering place for people before the 6th and to foment all the ideas that led to that day. Yeah, and it's absolutely a mystifying decision on their part. I mean, I just think they, they think that, oh, well, the fire's out, so let's, even though this guy has a cache of matches and gasoline um, that he carries around with him, let's, let's just let him play with matches again. And it's just, it's ridiculous, because if you look at what he says daily, day in, day out, uh, on his Truth Social website, he, he's in a lot of ways worse than he was a couple of years ago. He's lost touch with reality in, in a way that, I mean, he always had little touch with reality, but he's he's worse today. Uh, you know, all the racist attacks on, on Elaine Chow. And she, he's just, he's just, it's not going to work out very well. So you can see they referenced it there at the end, George Conway, that obviously Trump wants back on these platforms, but these platforms can often serve to remind people of this man's evil, that the Republicans were doing great in many ways in this, you know, in the upcoming midterms you know, in the summer. But, you know, that once Dobbs hit, that hit, hurt them. But when Trump started doing this last big flurry of rallies, the, the polling shifted. And when Trump made it clear that he was going to probably announce again, the polling shifted. And he cost the Republicans the midterms. Now imagine if he wasn't re relegated to true social, but was spreading his craziness all over the biggest platforms in the world. In addition to these rallies, it might have been even worse. So it could backfire. But we have to talk about the fact that Donald Trump, sitting down in his Mar-a-Lago dining room or wherever, continues to launch racist attacks on Elaine Chao, this you know prominent Asian-American woman who served in his cabinet, wife of Mitch McConnell. And this is why... He wants these social media platforms back so he can launch these racist racist attacks and have much more of an impact in doing so. But here's the thing. Uh. Shao finally responded to Trump 
but what makes this even more disgusting is that again, him and his staff sitting down at Mar-a-Lago not only didn't apologize, they doubled down on this racist slur-filled attack at Mar-a-Lago, and it says here, when I this is Chow responding. When I was young, pe some people deliberately misspelled or mispronounced my name. Asian Americans have worked hard to change the experiences for the past generation. He doesn't seem to understand that, which in a, which says a whole lot more about him than it ever will about Asian Americans. She had the unique experience of serving in the Trump cabinet at a time when the president attempted to overthrow the election and urged his supporters to stage an insurrection. She actually quit off after J6. But in the year before, he was launching all sorts of racist attacks against Asian and Chinese Americans. And it notes here that she doesn't want us to amplify the words that he says, and I'm not going to use the term that he uses. But, you know, basically, she was trying to ignore this. And it notes here that Trump's spokesperson, again, after she basically politely asked Trump to stop being racist, Trump's spokesperson says that the claims the insults of the China-loving wife had nothing to do with her race, but her family's longtime shipping business that Chow's father began when he came to the United States. People should stop feigning outrage and engaging in controversy that exists only in heads. What's actually concerning is her family's deeply troubling ties to communist China, which has undermined American economic and national security. First of all, this is BS. Again, Trump can sit down and attack an Asian woman who's not innocent from her broad politics. She's married to Mitch McConnell and is a longtime Republican, but she's innocent here in the sense that she's being attacked on racist purposes. Donald Trump is sitting at Mar-a-Lago and throwing slurs at an Asian woman while he's just you know, stewing away in his private club and his staff are egging it on, also likely located at Mar-a-Lago, right? And like, let's be clear, Donald Trump has no leg to stand on here. This man has made deals with China. His kids have made deals with China. This man had a secret Chinese bank account. And critically above all, he had Elaine Chao in his cabinet for the entirety of his president's presidency until she resigned. She quit. If Trump was concerned about her troubling ties to China, why did he pick her, get her through Senate confirmation, and then never fire her? The answer is, it's all BS. These are racist attacks against an Asian American woman simply because she's an Asian American woman. And Donald Trump is a racist SOB. And if you think his racist is racism is bad now, again, give him the bigger platforms and people will be hurt and die because of it. Asian Americans, again. people who suffer from, you know, immunocompromised positions, people who uh, happen to be in the in the path of the thugs, people will die because Facebook and Instagram are cowards. Yeah. When you run a small business, bursts never stop coming. Your first online sale, your first race against the clock, sure. and the first time you realize, huh, you've got this. And with domains, websites, They're stupid. and payments, GoDaddy is a partner that puts you first. Start today at GoDaddy.com In fact, they should be sued.
point. And of course, who was shot in the face. Let's see, what else could we got? Jack Mix, Major Move, Pete Buttigieg, interview, streamed 11 hours ago. Not as such. Still wearing uncomfortable bras? Uh. Get the perfect fit with an... It's key. Special counsel grand jury Jack testimony. Smith secures the criminal grand jury testimony from former Trump Homeland Security Department official and MAGA extremist Ken Cuccinelli, who Trump had asked to seize voting machines after the 2020 election. Is Jack Smith moving closer to indictments? Let's you better be. And speaking about Becker. moving closer to indictments, Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis informed a Georgia Superior Court judge earlier in the week that her charging decisions relating to her criminal investigation of the 2020 election interference by Trump was, quote, imminent. And to the surprise of many, she asked the judge, don't yet release the grand jury report because those criminal charges are coming our way soon. Wow, we will keep you posted on what is going on there. Let me repeat that, folks. She's saying charging decisions are imminent. And speaking of charging decisions, the California State Bar, which regulates the licensing of lawyers in the state of California, has filed a case to disbar and revoke the license of Donald Trump's lawyer, John Eastman, for his role in the insurrection. You know what MAGA stands for? Make 
Attorneys get, get attorneys. attorneys. Ah. Because you're not going to be one very soon. <laughs> Speaking of insurrection and insurrectionist, Donald Trump made a video of himself, a completely reprehensible and deranged and just weird video of himself. There he is, very, very sweaty. We'll talk about very sweaty. Listen, giving listen. marching orders to the House of Representatives subcommittee that was created by Kevin McCarthy to attack the Department of Justice and FBI and cover up for insurrectionists. And in the video, Trump told them to focus on some of the most vile anti-American conspiracies. And does it shock you at this point that most polls are showing that about 75% of Americans disapprove of these MAGA extremist nut jobs in Congress? And if you think my language is strong right there, well, the right-wing magazine, the National Review, just put out an article where they refer to Donald Trump. And I'm quoting them right now. As a deranged hobo in an asylum <laughs> that he has created for himself and that he is auditioning for one of the three witches in Macbeth. Okay, and let's get to good news. Let's get to what adults in charge of our government are doing. Thankfully, we have adults in charge of the executive branch. President up Biden shit. and his administration are actually delivering for the American people airports, bridges, roads, and other infrastructure projects are being built across the country. Thanks to the infrastructure bill and other pieces of legislation that President Biden has spearheaded, 7,000 projects are underway, and more than 20,000 projects will soon be underway by the end of the year. And what does that mean? Jobs, jobs, jobs. So while MAGA extremists are talking about green M&Ms and whatever the heck they're talking about each day and stoves and whatever, we're talking about jobs, people. And speaking about infrastructure and speaking about jobs, we are going to be joined on this episode by none other than the United States Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. You heard that Hello. right. Secretary Pete Buttigieg will be joining us shortly. I'm Ben Mycellus, and wow, is this a special episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Brett and Jordy, happy to have you both, but I'm not going to lie, slightly happier to have Secretary Pete Buttigieg on the show. You know what, Ben? I'll, I'll let it slide just this one time. I know you usually try to take a little dig at either Jordy or me, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let it slide sure. because I, too, am very excited to have the Secretary of Transportation on the show. We've long been big fans of the work that Pete Buttigieg has been doing, been following for a long time. How do you figure? Playing all those great clips where he goes on those right-wing networks and claps back hey, at the line. Try to steal the really primary in Iowa. With a incredible political future ahead of him, doing incredible, incredible work in the administration. And think about what the priority of the administration has been. It's been infrastructure and jobs. And Pete yeah. Buttigieg is the guy Whatever. seeing that all through. So psyched. So psyched uh, Secretary Buttigieg. Point when.
and for president Judge Software Comma, I Comma. Uh, spreading misinformation. Exclamation point. And I cannot respect him, period. for nominee 20 elections is here with the Midas Mighty for an extra special episode. And it feels like the wheels of justice are turning and turning and turning. Ben, a lot of good news today. I, I bet it feels good for you that your, many of your predictions you're seeing come true now. Good stuff to hear. Jordy, it's great to see you, man. How are you doing, Jay? Thanks. 
I'm doing well. I'm so pumped for today's episode. I just want to say this before we get started, too. I was doing, like, my pre-show, just, like, regimen to get ready. And over the last couple of years, fellas, I think I've been aging in dog years. I have a swat, like, a swath of gray hair forming in the back of my head right now. I'm a little bit worried about it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that's normal for a 29-year-old to have that much gray hair in the back of your head. But, needless to say, I'm stoked for today's episode. And I'm stoked to be here with you guys. I just need to get that off my chest. I need to just tell somebody. Jordy, it, it makes you look, it may, it'll make you look dignified. So I, I, think I, so. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. But I think it's interesting that it's only in the back where the camera can't see it. I think that's exactly. a little sus, a little sus. I think it's interesting that you chose to share that. I mean, it does show your vulnerability. I mean, you know, we do talk before the episode, before we go live in front of millions of people. There is an opportunity for you to share those thoughts of people. You know, share those thoughts mm. offline, but Jordy shares everything live. I, I like it. But let, 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 let me. Try to steer the ship. Speaking of infrastructure, let's Ooh. try to steer Ooh. the train, steer the ship in the right direction. Um, and let's talk about special counsel Jack Smith, who secured the grand jury testimony of former Trump Homeland Security official Ken Cuccinelli. One of the funny things, just to remember about Ken Cuccinelli, I mean, it's not funny, it actually goes to the point of um, everything that Donald Trump touches not only, you know, goes to hell, but also that everything he does is illegal. So Ken Cuccinelli was unlawfully appointed as the acting deputy secretary of homeland security and he was also concurrently unlawfully appointed as the principal acting deputy director of the united states citizenship and immigration services back in 2019 it didn't go through the appropriate federal vacancy reform act and federal judges in addition to ken cuccinelli also, Chad Wolf, who was the Secretary of Homeland Security, just everything that they did was illegal because they weren't appropriately appointed. They wouldn't go through the normal channels. He would just say, hey, these are people who are, um, you know, these, I'm not going through the Senate confirmation process. I'm just saying that they are running. So that's just some background on Ken Cuccinelli. But Ken Cuccinelli was someone who Rudy Giuliani approached after Mike Flynn and Sidney Powell and Donald Trump talked about seizing uh, the voting machines after the election. And so Ken Cuccinelli was approached by Giuliani and said, we need you to make an order. Here are the executive orders. It wasn't we need you to make an order. Like, Trump presented Cuccinelli. With executive orders that were based basically free written to seize voting machines, uh, to try to spread the uh, unfounded absurd, and as Bill Barr called it, batshit crazy conspiracies that Donald Trump was perpetuating about the 2020 election. Ultimately, Cuccinelli didn't, didn't effectuate the plan, not because he didn't want to, but Cuccinelli was just like, that's not what we do at the Department of Homeland Security, so we, we can't do that. Like, Not that I didn't want to do that, but anyway, Cuccinelli was seen walking uh, into and then out of the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., um, so will undoubtedly have been questioned by these criminal grand juries that have been impaneled. And the 
messages and emails leading to the January 6th insurrection as well as Chad Wolf's conveniently deleted and destroyed. Ooh, ooh. God. And so is there an obstruction of justice investigation going mm. on as well? And are there questions regarding the destruction of this information? I, when Cuccinelli walked in, he was asked by the press, he was asked, uh, so what do you think they're going to ask you? He's like, oh, I, I don't know. And Cuccinelli, by the way, gave some real vile and reprehensible press conferences during the Trump administration, like just horrific, you know, horrific uh, uh, policies that he supported. You know, it's, easy, it's easy to forget just how horrible these people were and just how terrible the statements that they made and the things that they did to try to destroy our democracy. And for those who watched the January 6th hearings, I hope you watched it with the Midas Touch Network, but you probably heard Ken Cuccinelli's name come up quite a bit during those January 6th hearings. And it came out that Trump actually told a group of officials, quote, something to the effect of, I think Ken Cuccinelli would be a great special counsel. Trump actually wanted him to be a special counsel in order to probe this fake concept of election fraud that was going on. This is all part of Trump's disinformation campaign. And what you remember, what you have to remember from the Trump administration is that the very thing that he is now accusing the Department of Justice of and that he is getting Kevin McCarthy and his goons in the Republican Party to try to harass the Department of Justice about what they call the weaponization of the Justice Department. That's exactly what Donald Trump was doing with his Justice Department when he was president. And that's why everything they do, everything they decide, all the committees that they make, every time they're telling on themselves, 100% of the time. You need to look... further than look at the actions that they are trying to investigate. Look what they're trying to flip the tables on. Look what they're accusing the other side of. And it will always come back to, oh yeah, you did that. That's why you're investigating it. Because that's what you did when you were in charge of the Department of Justice. Every single time, it always comes back. And they tell on themselves nonstop. And they do it to deflect. They do it to muddy the waters. And they do it so that when things, and when people are reminded about this, and when he walks into the Department of Justice office to speak to Jack Smith, he tries. they try to muddy the waters of public perception. But Jack Smith here, dead focused on the truth and getting the high-level players in the Trump administration to speak. I mean, this is a big, big, big moment in this investigation and shows that Jack Smith is taking the January 6th coup attempt seriously. But not only that, like you said, Ben, obstruction, which I think is going to be a major part of this entire case, and the elements, the events around January 6th itself, the events that actually, the efforts, the lengths that people went to try to overturn the election results. And that began far before January 6th and lasted far after January 6th. You might even be able to say that lasts until this day, these efforts to overthrow our democracy from the Republican Party. So this is a really, really good sign from the special counsel office and from the Department of Justice. Jordy. Don't you just like how Jack Smith is putting his head down and doing the work? There's no need for him to take the bait with Donald Trump's ridiculous statements and, and threats and just file whatever he did, these weird accusation that Trump puts out on his deranged truth. Um, let's talk about special counsel Jack Smith, who secured the 
grand jury testimony of former Trump Homeland Security official Ken Cuccinelli. One of the funny things just to remember about Ken Cuccinelli, I mean, it's not funny. It actually goes to the point of uh, ah. that Donald Trump touches not only you know goes to hell, but also that everything he does is illegal. So Ken Cuccinelli was unlawfully appointed as the acting deputy secretary of Homeland Security. Yeah, what about Chad Wolf? currently unlawfully appointed as the principal acting deputy director of the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services back in 2019. It didn't go through the appropriate Federal Vacancy Reform Act and federal judges, in addition to Ken Cuccinelli, also Chad Wolf, who was the secretary of Homeland Security. Just everything that they did was illegal because they weren't appropriately appointed. They wouldn't go through the normal channels. He would just say, hey, these are people who are... Um, Chuck still you know, hasn't fucking indicted. Charge charge I'm just saying that they are running. So that's just some background. Call the Department of Justice. Ken Cuccinelli was someone who after Give him Powell and Donald Trump talked about seizing uh, the voting machines after the election. And so Ken Cuccinelli was approached by Giuliani and said, we need you to make an order. Here are the executive orders. It wasn't, we need you to make an order. Like, Trump presented Cuccinelli with executive orders that were basically rewritten to seize voting machines uh, to try to spread the uh, unfounded absurd, and as Bill Barr called it, batshit crazy conspiracies that Donald Trump was perpetuating about the 2020 election. Ultimately, Cuccinelli didn't, didn't. I'm going to have to call the Department of Justice.